Thanks for joining us. We'll be looking at Indian markets, which are getting a bit more attention these days. Among the reasons being cited are the country's reform and macro stability agenda, which is supporting a strong capex and profit outlook for many of the companies there. To help us unpack what's going on there, we've got Kunju Gala. He is the head of global emerging markets for Federal Hermes. So he's going to share his outlook for India and also markets in the Asia Pacific region. Kunjo, thanks for joining us on the show. Great. Thank you so much, Ryan, for inviting me over. Yeah, so you manage a global emerging markets equities fund, $4.3 billion worth. So what's happening in Asia will definitely be something you're watching very closely. So give us an idea of some of the big moves you've been seeing in the past few months that's going to be informing how you position yourself for the rest of the year. I think China has been a big factor. We were looking for the reopening story that didn't play out as strong as expected. What's your view on investing in China these days? Yeah, so last uh, several months have been um, extremely uh, volatile when it comes to China. Uh, every now and then uh, we see that China becomes investable and then it does not become investable. So it moves from being investable and uninvestable every few months, depending on the mood of the market. So that is what is happening really, that markets are kind of getting a little bit losing patience uh, with Chinese policymakers uh, and hoping for a very big bang stimulus to boost the economy, to boost consumption. Uh, and as a result of that, what we see is whenever some measures are announced, the markets do well and then when details come out, uh, the market feels that those measures are not sufficient and uh, the market basically gives up uh, it, its gains. In addition to that, what we also hear is um, uh, many of the global funds, global investors are uh, using any rally as an opportunity to uh, sell out of mm. China. So, so that is what is really happening. Now, from our perspective, uh, we don't see uh, things the same way as what the market is seeing. The market is being uh, pretty short term in terms of just narrowly focusing on stimulus and the recovery in consumption post-COVID. I think one has to realize that Chinese consumers are pretty different in some sense. I mean, they have built a, a number of excess savings over time but uh, they're not going to spend a lot of the savings uh, all all in, in one go, like what we saw in the Western uh, regions where markets came out of COVID and uh, consumers were spending relentlessly until they practically used up all of their savings. I think the, the nature of the Chinese consumer is very different from the Western consumer. Absolutely. So that is number one. Number two, uh, unlike the West, there wasn't a much, there wasn't a major stimulus in China, you know, during COVID, like the Western households got a lot of benefits from the government. So, so those kind of things were not really present in China. So Really speaking, one should not uh, have expected a very sharp V-shaped recovery in the first place. But the main point is, you know, I think what investors and markets missing here is beyond the reopening, beyond the consumption boost, China is going through a very interesting transformation from a lower value-add to a higher value-added economy. And I think that is where exciting medium to long-term opportunities can be found. Uh, and this is where uh, our fund, the Global Emerging Market Market Fund, is largely focusing 
time and attention and the good thing is because of the ongoing volatility china continues to flip between investable and uninvestable status all the time it just gives us a good opportunity to pick up some of those very good quality companies which are actually helping chinese economy transition into a higher value added status uh, so we are just able to pick those stocks at a much reasonable valuation yeah that sounds like you are still optimistic on china fundamentals are there and you are looking out for opportunities to pick up bargains absolutely yeah. i mean that is uh, a nice and uh, succinct way of uh, of summarizing it how do you see the chinese property sector right now are you looking to get into the property sector at any point what would make you go into it with more confidence see uh, even if uh, investors don't have exposure to chinese property sector directly there is always an indirect linkage mm. because property drives uh, 25 to 30% of china's uh, gdp directly and indirectly so whether we like it or not everybody is in a way exposed mm. to property uh the way we are thinking about it is so so we are exposed to chinese property via property service companies not a property developer but a, a company that manages properties once they are sold to uh, to users and so we basically own a property management uh, service company okay uh, we also have some exposure to retail banking so again indirectly we are exposed to the property sector via mortgages uh, and uh, developer loans um, so but that is not a very large part of our portfolio so again we are not significantly exposed directly but yeah those are the two main areas through which we have exposure to in china all right let's look at the other part of asia where you've got another big market india in fact india has overtaken china as the world's most populous nation how is that affecting how you view indian markets right now i think what really matters for india is the continuation of economic reform because without economic reform without infrastructure without ease of doing business uh, india will struggle to generate enough jobs uh, that will be required for the youth of the country and as we all know two thirds of india's population is under the age of 35 so the country needs uh, a lot of jobs uh, going forward uh, so for for that you know economic reform is very very important uh, stable macro stable politics uh, is also a very important factor Uh, and most importantly is the uh, continued focus on uh, building infrastructure because india has a big issue with its infrastructure of course it has been improving over time but there is still uh, i would say a very very long runway there so i think all of those uh, essential building blocks are necessary for india to continue to do well and most importantly you know supply side is perhaps going to be the most important factor for india because india doesn't want to go back to a higher inflationary economy the way it was many years ago uh, inflation has come off uh, compared to the past although right now it is a little bit elevated uh, but i think uh, more much more work is going to be needed to make sure that india doesn't go back to the same kind of you know inflationary environment where inflation was running at 8 10% per annum 
because that would be uh, quite devastating you know for uh, for the economy and also for the markets but otherwise i mean i would say india is largely on track to achieve its uh, objectives over the medium to longer term the mm. issue only right now that every investor is facing is valuations and uh, good quality stocks uh, which have good growth potential are not trading at reasonable valuations so one has to really look at least 3 to 5 years out or perhaps longer to get some comfort on valuation so if anybody is looking for comfort over the next 12 to 18 months uh, or margin of safety uh, the or uh, the room for error then i don't think there is much uh, but one has to look beyond 24 months 36 months and then indian equities probably looking a slightly more reasonable uh, so i think that is where i would uh, classify where india is today All right, Kunjo. And just wrapping this up, uh, how should investors be thinking about the rest of the year? When you look at some of the commentary coming out from the earnings season, if I look at banks, they seem to be a bit cautious and actually setting aside more allowances for solving loans, for example. What will you be looking out for in the coming year? I think overall EM there is going to be quite a bit of divergence. If you look at China then clearly there are some signs that the earnings have bottomed and the upgrades uh, are possible depending on which sector you look at so i think overall the earnings momentum in china is more likely to surprise on the upside as opposed to the downside that is point number 1 if you look at um, korea and taiwan where a lot of the technology related hype has already been priced in there could be some uh, negative surprises if the second half of the year doesn't pan out the way many people are expecting or the way share prices have moved up because of the ai hype so that is one area where one can be a little bit more cautious although medium to long term ai is really going to help many companies flourish but at least in the near term uh, one has to carefully evaluate whether the stock prices have moved ahead of the fundamentals and earnings or not then you have india you know where uh, things could be pretty pretty much stable uh, the issue in india has been the rural recovery uh, hasn't really happened as much you know post covid and uh, it was delayed and uh, we are seeing some signs that rural is coming back but again the monsoons in india haven't been very generous this year so far so we could see some uh, signs of uh, cracks or whatever but rural recovery is something that india needs to help uh, maintain the momentum overall on earnings and then you go to the other side of em which is uh, latin america and uh, emea i think that's where uh, some major positive surprises could occur over the coming months because these are the economies where the real interest rate environment is extremely positive because these are the countries where interest rates hikes were pretty significant compared to the asian economies and now with the us fed you know getting closer to the end of its rate hike cycle uh, we can see a possibility that many of those eastern european um and latin american uh, economies begin to cut interest rates uh, meaningfully and we already saw that happen last week with uh, in chile uh, so so i think that is where some major positive uh, surprises could happen and also equities in many of these countries 
are quite reasonably valued um, compared to some of their Asian counterparts. So I think, except China, of course, which is also reasonably valued. So, uh, so I think that is where I would sum up. So it's a it's a bit of a mixed picture, as you can imagine, in some areas where there has been a lot of concentration, like uh, Taiwan, for example, to some extent, Korea and India, of course. Uh, there could be some negative surprises if the recovery doesn't happen in the second half. Mm. Um, and in some cases where expectations are pretty low, but we we are seeing some signs that uh, earnings are um, about to recover, like China, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the Latin American side, especially, it's it, the whole story there is of interest rate cuts. It's a fantastic overview of the emerging markets space. We've been chatting with Kunjo Gala. He is the head of global emerging markets for Federated Hermes. Kunjo, thank you so much for your time. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.